right, everybody, welcome back to the Mellow Music Therapy Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm Andy Stewart. And I'm Charlotte Stewart. And I'm Millie Davis. And that's a third voice that we haven't ever had before, <laughs> and it's so exciting to have Millie here with us today. And uh, Millie has been an intern with Charlotte for how many months now? Too many. <laughs> Since <laughs> March. It's now December. You can do the math. Yeah, been that's, a while. that's right. Well... You're, this is kind of like the culmination of your internship, so you get right. to you get to tell us some things that you've learned and and things that maybe share some stuff that you've already had experience with even before you came in as an intern for Charlotte. But uh, I know Charlotte has really enjoyed having you, right? She's been great. I don't want to put words in your mouth, though, Char. Those are correct words. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we should just get like dive right into it and have Millie tell us a little bit about herself first, right? Okay. And then, and then we can kind of introduce the topic. So, Perfect. So, how did how did you come? I know. Well, I have, I have a question here that I want to ask you after this one. But how did you even get to the point where you said, "I want to be a music therapist"? It goes back to high school, and it's actually funny how this story has been similar for other people as well. The same exact situation. But I was in high school, English one hundred one and one hundred two, doing my project, and for that class and you have to do this big paper and I did it on music therapy which surprisingly lots of people do for some reason have written their paper from English 101 and 102 on music therapy <clears throat> and then uh, either decide to or not pursue it right and I just happened to be super involved in music and didn't want to give that up but obviously it's difficult wanting to be a performer and then realistically trying to have a career from it but this, I have a strong passion also for helping people. So it just kind of came together for me in that sense. Um, I think I had a counselor who also talked to me about it um, at my high school, at Westwood High School. and In beautiful Mesa, Arizona. In Mesa, Arizona. More Eagle. Yeah. Charlotte, you were supposed to say tear him up Westwood. Tear him up Westwood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So uh, you've had a, sp- a particular interest in reading and music therapy. So how did... How did you choose to study how reading can be impacted by music therapy? What got you into that? So I had a lot of opportunity just through the internship, just different sites that Charlotte was already over. She was at a Montessori Montessori school, and we had other opportunities to bring in clients who had a reading need, whether it be dyslexia or whatever um, undiagnosed issue they were having with reading. And uh, I have my mom who works at Hughes Elementary School, and she is the reading interventionist there. So she is all about reading, all about phonics, all about everything, all the time. I get to hear about reading. So I had her at my disposal to learn more about that constantly and then just incorporate her knowledge into what we do in music therapy. And I had access to her reading lab with different students from different grades, from kinder all the way through sixth grade, to try things out and just see what What would work for them. And it was really fun, and I had lots of opportunities with reading, so I just decided to just take that by the reins and, you know, just learn as much as I can, because why not? And also, I know, like, from my own experiences being a behavior coach previously, and just in general, uh, reading is a form of communicating and writing. So... Whether it be verbal or written or reading, all forms of communication are really important in expressing yourself. Right. So if you're struggling with that, then some form of self-expression isn't able to get out. 
So I think it's really important and even like in an academic sense as well, being able to keep up with everyone else and, you know, be at grade level. It's really important for them to be where they need to be, especially young children when they're falling behind or just being able to express what they want to or what they need. Um, That's really important. So that's really really interesting. I don't think that's something that, I mean, I certainly haven't, as Charlotte has, you know, had her practice and and all the training that she's gone through, that's Mm -hmm. not something that really ever has come up a lot or very frequently in our conversations uh, about music therapy. So it's interesting to and I like what you said about how uh, reading really is a form of communication. And we think a lot of times we just think about, oh, they need to be able to express themselves. They need to be able to say something. Mm-hmm. But being able to understand right. is also really important. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what kind of parallels have you found between reading and music therapy and how are they correlated to each other? Or how can they one help the other? Right. There's so many, so, so, so many, um, just when you just even look at like your basic form of music written on a paper and notation and things, there's so many correlations. If you're learning to read music, it can definitely help you learn to read phonetic letters. So just the sense of print going from left to right and then the return sweep. So you just go one line and then go back to the other and go left to right. Um, just that, being able to track that with your eyes is a huge skill that lots of kids with reading issues don't have. And that's why it's such a huge struggle being able to just follow the line and go back. So it's extra practice in a new context, being able to read music. There's sound discrimination and awareness, being able to distinguish between pitches. Like when we're speaking and when we're reading, when we read out loud, it's really important to be able to not just be monotone, but to know where to emphasize specific syllables um, what vowels or whatnot in the word, that's super important to language and Inflections, reading. Inflections, right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, then there's rhythm aspects, especially in poetry and phrasing and sentences. When you, like, come to the end of an idea, you know, you come down and you leave it and then you come to a new one. And then right. it's all in your voice and being able to make that distinction and create melodic flow. And that's all part of fluency, which... It Like, you can play a song fluently, you can read fluently. It's just going without breaks, being able to smooth it out, do it with confidence. And there's special symbol recognition. So in reading, we have punctuation, music, there's dynamics. So it's taking the basics of something, but then also identifying those little details that then can completely change the context of what's happening. Yeah. So Interesting. Those are just... A few, honestly. There's so many more, but those are the ones that I have here prepared to share. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I uh, I like the parallels with punctuation and with, you know, dynamic markings. I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah, you have to, like, understand those things uh, from a music standpoint. So do you incorporate that into the music therapy to help people to read? I mean, is that part of – I guess I guess maybe the, the broader question is – so – how can you really help somebody using music do better with reading? Right. So there's lots of things, I think, especially that music can kind of indirectly support to help reading become a more fluent thing. And especially when it comes to, like, confidence and making something flow more. Because 
music, you like if you're drumming, it can be you can get confident quickly. Um, Are you saying it's easy to be a drummer? No, <laughs> but to do something simple like that and feel like you're doing it well, sure. Okay. <laughs> Some basic something, nothing complicated. It's just a, you know, it's, I've been in bands before, so right. it's fun to, you know, rip I'm on the drummers. I'm a horrible drummer, so I've tried. It's bad, yeah. but I think just music, we can sing something simple, we can add a little tune, we can make it more predictable about what we're trying, about the outcome we're looking for with reading, um, for cueing, when to read a flashcard, um, the how to go about a sentence with a rhythm behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps a lot. There's also the sensory input that you can provide through music by like touching things, moving. That's huge because the more senses you can involve in something that's difficult, the more likely you are to become successful at it. So, oh, interesting. So that's a, that yeah. is a, an idea, a theory people have. And I do believe in that. That especially kids who struggle so much with one particular thing, they need something to help them f- just get through it somehow. And that can be a sensory need that they need somehow. Mm-hmm. Visual, through touch. You're fully engaged in what right. you're doing. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that makes sense. Definitely. And there's just other areas of functioning that it, music addresses, like cognitive to cognitive skills, attention to task, decoding, comprehension, executive functioning, and tracking. We mentioned tracking before. Yeah. But, like, all of these little factors have such a huge effect. If a kid cannot sit for longer than 10 seconds and look at a page, they're not going to be able to read. But if you're able to make it more engaging through sensory things, through music, making process, then they're able to more likely be able to go longer and learn more because they're having more input. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I see how that translates too because it, you want to do something if you know that it's enjoyable, if you've mm-hmm. had experience of it being enjoyable. And so, if but if you're not at that point where reading is just a frustration. Exactly, yeah. You, you don't have that in your mindset. So once you can, if the music can help it be fun, then you want to start to read. Exactly, yeah, that it's not so painful. Yeah. It adds the motivation factor. Yes. So I don't know why, but Hardy Boys comes to mind. In my That was uh, really fun to read when I was a kid, so that made me want to read more, right? Yeah. So. Especially, I'll add something, especially uh, if somebody's struggling to read and if, and if they're already frustrated and if they're, you know, there could be things that could be helping them, like different uh, practices and um things for them to go over and over and do, you know, again and again. But it could be, since it's so frustrating for them, it's probably not going to be fun and they're not going to want to do it and they're just going to be discouraged. And the music can add, and that kind of stuff, those reading drills and things can be very helpful. But if we can add the beat, the music, things that will make it more interesting and motivating, then and they're going to feel more successful, they're going to feel more motivated to do it, and it just adds that little piece a lot of the times that will... Give them the interest. That's very cool. So what what does it look like? So when you actually are pairing music therapy uh, with somebody's reading goals, for instance, I mean, what does that what does a typical session look like for somebody, or sure. what what do they look like? Well, I don't know what other people do. I just know things that basic things that I've just developed and that Charlotte has suggested that I try. We've done a lot with drumming, where you 
every so many beats you have between so they can prepare their minds and look at the card for a certain amount of beats and then they get to read it on a specific beat. So you read it for one count, beat for three counts, read, and then you keep going through specific phonics uh, flashcards that they're working on Mm -hmm. um, that's addressing their goal area, um, like silent E or something like that. Um, Then you can even put a metronome and kind of help have them read to the metronome or I've even done backtracks. So it's like rapping poems, which lots of kids um, really enjoy. Uh, You can get lots of different backtracks on YouTube and it just makes it way more fun. They feel like they're this intense rapper doing something important and it's just way more fun for them to try and decode at a quicker pace than they would normally just reading and struggling through it. Um, I I actually saw on... uh... On a new show recently, there was like uh, a teacher who motivates his kids by saying if they get certain things done, then they get to perform or record rap a rap song or something like that. And so uh, everybody in his class is now a, a rap recording artist. That's so fun. <laughs> but he said that it really helps them with memorization, right? That they, right, yeah. uh, if they're motivated and if it's fun for them, they will expend the effort to learn and memorize something. Definitely. Yeah. Or you can even have them learn the words, like every word, to in, learn how to read the words that they might even already know to songs that they appreciate a lot. Yeah. So that's always fun. Just a good way to practice, even just seeing and recognizing words is applying, oh, like yeah. putting the sheet in front of them, even if they know every single word. We actually did this today with my mom's reading lab, is Jingle Bells, they know it. It's yeah. really simple for them. But just the practice of seeing each word, like these are complicated words that they wouldn't be able to sound out. Like reindeer, you can't really, that's kind of more complicated. But they can still practice seeing it in context and just keeping that flow and seeing it at a more rapid pace so that their brain can practice processing it at that pace. And then slowly, hopefully, that can help. That's cool. You could even have them like point to the words as they're singing. So it's like they're getting that. You're seeing that they're tracking it right, and they know they're connecting the word to what they're singing. And I, I suspect that there's probably a lot of uh, particularly kids or children who uh, maybe they're autistic or they have other some, some kind of developmental issue that they know music, right? They, they probably watch a lot of media. They probably... I mean, I'm sure Disney is a giant influence in a lot of these right. kids' lives, right? So they know the songs, but then if you present them with the lyrics, there's I could see how that could build confidence. And then you could add more verses that they don't know or yeah. Oh, yeah. things like that. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're at the point now where there's no more questions to ask. Well, we can edit this out if we need to, but is there something else that we need to say? Oh, there's there's a second page. Sorry. There's stuff on the second page. So this, that's one's for the second one oh. about internship. Yeah. Is there anything else that we want to talk about here? We can like ease into this the right way, but is there other things that we want to focus on for reading? Or do we? Well, I just anything? realized that Jingle Bells doesn't talk about reindeers. It's Rudolph. Oh. That's okay. I got. That's all right. Okay. I got. There's others. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured you're talking about Christmas songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? You um, could just. What else? Let me look really quick. I didn't really talk about the the color coding system. Oh, yeah, that's good. And could you even talk um, generally about 
your work with again. with client. Yes. With <laughs> client T. T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. How about that? Sure. Ask her how it's really worked with somebody. Okay. And okay. and yeah, you can tell about the color coding. Okay. So, do you have any specific examples or anything that you can talk about and just maybe some success success stories that you had with some kids or adults in your internship with this method with reading? Yes. So we did have a young girl who I was able to see quite frequently on a weekly basis, one on one for 50 minute sessions. And um, we did try this method of color coding, which seemed to be actually a little bit easy for her. So we did advance to actual notation. But we started with, it's like a rainbow system, and then you put those colors, you can color with an Expo marker, whiteboard Mm -hmm. marker, on the keys, and then she gets to decode, like, first yellow, okay, play yellow, then red, and that's from the left to right, like, reading, and then decoding and just incorporating that action of seeing, then creating something and moving her hand to that. It's like a form of processing and decoding. And then just moving to actual notation, turns out she played violin. And I wasn't aware <laughs> that she, you know, could actually read music. Um, we slowly transitioned into that. Um, but she showed progress in, like, decoding more rapidly. We did a lot of the drumming exercise with her. And I created this chart after three or four months of just gathering data about specific phonics things that we were working on on specific flashcards and about 80% of them all increased within those four months, like, pretty substantially. Great. Um, which was really good for her to have that practice of seeing things over and over again, but also being able to do something, like drum or play piano or do something, an action to help her, like, stay involved in the music-making process and the learning process so that her mind didn't wander as frequently as maybe cool. she would, you know, drilling in the reading lab or something right, like that. Right. There's nothing more fun than drilling in the reading lab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, drop me to, you can ask me, I'll say some, how oh, we always have something they can do at home. Oh, yeah. Well, so is there anything that a parent or uh, a caregiver or somebody that could do with somebody in a home? related to music and reading, Charlotte? Um, yes. So um, an easy thing to do is one of the things that Millie said of just getting lyrics up and having them practice singing to lyrics. They can point to the lyrics. They can, if it's something that you know they already know. The or, bouncing ball. Yes. <laughs> or you can get a song they don't know and practice. And, and that, I mean, singing you know, you have to be fluent. To you you got to keep up with the beat. And sometimes they will just do it just like she's already mentioned. They'll do it so much um, more smooth because it's in a song. They're not yeah. thinking about it as when you're reading. You're, it's more labored. Um, so that's a good thing to try. Another thing is um, even just having a drum and putting, little, you know, the flashcards that they're learning on the drum and bang, you know, they have to bang the drum why they say the word or they can bang the syllables of the and it's just it's just one more I'm just like Millie mentioned using more senses you know they're using their touch and their you know movement adding movement to learning is super helpful so just remembering those ideas 
the the tips of using lots of senses, using movement, music, rhythm, um, and you can get really creative. And okay, that's awesome. Sounds like some great things that parents could do uh, with their children. And Millie, this is really actually pretty cool. I think you like brought up some stuff that at least I had never thought about um, <laughs> with how music can uh, benefit reading and. Uh, really appreciate you coming in today and sharing all this with us. I think it's really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Millie.